Welcome, it's great to be with you today and I am excited to share with you some uh, scriptures. We have two short readings that I want to share with you. Tenemos dos lecturas cortas que quiero compartir con ustedes. And the first is actually from the last book of the Bible. It's from the book of Revelation, chapter 7, verses 9 and 10. Apocalipsis 7, versículos 9 y 10. I'd like to read the first scripture in Spanish and then I'll read the other one in English. primero en español. So, to set the scene, the early church leader John has a vision here, a vision of God's kingdom. Juan tiene una visión del reino de Dios, and he writes it down. And these are words written by him, inspired by the Holy Spirit, and so they are the word of God. Son palabras de Juan en su visión del reino, inspiradas al Espíritu Santo, y son la palabra de Dios. Dice lo siguiente, Después de esto miré, y apareció una multitud tomada de todas las naciones tribus, pueblos y lenguas. Era tan grande que nadie podía contarla. Estaban de pie delante del trono y del cordero, vestidos de túnicas blancas y con ramas de palma en la mano. Gritaban a gran voz, la salvación viene de nuestro Dios que está sentado en el trono y del cordero. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people and language standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And then the second reading comes a few pages early, or earlier from uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. Primera de Pedro 5. Y eso es lo que dice. También ustedes son como piedras vivas, con las cuales se está edificando una casa espiritual. De este modo llegan a ser un sacerdocio santo para ofrecer sacrificios espirituales que Dios acepta por medio de Jesucristo. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So, if we open our eyes and look at the world around us, if we look at this beautiful world that God has made, si vemos el mundo que Dios ha creado, I don't think it takes us very long to realize that God has created our world with a lot of abundance and diversity. Dios ha creado el mundo con abundancia y diversidad. Let me just give you a few examples. God, I think, is a God of abundance. Dios ama la abundancia. There are, for example, 100 billion stars. Hay 100 mil millones de estrellas. Now that's not in the universe, mind you. No es del universo. That's in our galaxy. In our galaxy alone, there are 100 billion stars. Hay 100 mil millones de estrellas en nuestra galaxia, la Vía Láctea, the Milky Way. And how many galaxies are there? ¿Cuántas galaxias hay? Well, you're not going to believe this, maybe, but it is estimated that there are also around 100 billion galaxies. Hay cien mil millones de galaxias. God loves abundance, especially when it comes to stars. And I believe that God also loves diversity. A Dios le encantan la abundancia y la diversidad. Did you know that there are 18,500 different varieties of Butterflies. 
And that's just butterflies. There are all kinds of other insects and plants and flowers and trees. Hay 18,500 variedades de mariposas. And what about colors? How many colors do you think there are in the world? ¿Cuántos colores hay en el mundo? Uh, now, if you're kind of, you know, not real artistic like me, you might say, well, eight, maybe 64. That's what's in a box of crayons. 64 es lo que está en la caja de crayones. Get this. Scientists tell us that there are some 10 million different shades of color that are visible to the human eye. Hay 10 millones de tonos de color visibles al ojo humano. So there it is. God loves to create. He loves to create in abundance. He loves to create in diversity. Dios ama a crear en diversidad y abundancia. But that's not only limited morning, to stars guys. and, and butterflies and colors. No se limita a las estrellas y los colores. God loves abundance and diversity when it comes to people. El ama la diversidad y la abundancia con las personas. Take, for instance, the human DNA molecule, which determines everything about us. La, la molécula de ADN humana, por ejemplo. Scientists tell us there are three billion base pairs in this molecule that, that determine the code of what we are like. Hay como tres mil millones de pares básicos en, en esta molécula. Now, within those three billion base pairs, each pair has four possible combinations. Hay cuatro combinaciones en cada par. What does that mean mathematically? It means that there are three billion times three billion times three billion times three billion different combinations possible of the human DNA molecule. Hay miles y millones y, 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 y millones de, de combinaciones posibles. No wonder no two human beings are alike. No wonder we're all different in the way we look, in the color of our skin, in our fingerprints, in everything. Por eso somos distintos en el aspecto, las huellas, hasta el color de la piel. God loves abundance and diversity. And that's not only true when we look at this world that God has created. Genesis would tell us this, that God has created with abundance and diversity. Dios ha creado el mundo con abundancia y diversidad. But it's also true in the new world that God has created. The new heavens and the new earth are also going to have these characteristics. Así va a ser en el nuevo cielo y la nueva tierra. Now, in this scripture we've read from Revelation chapter 7, I want to summarize something that happens just before this. In the first part of the chapter, al comienzo de Apocalipsis 7, John is seeing a vision of 144,000 people from Israel, from the 12 tribes of Israel, and they're coming before God. Juan ve uh, 144,000 de Israel ante Dios. And it says that these are the number of those who have been sealed. That is, this is the number of those who have been set aside and rescued before God. Son los sellados, los salvados ante Dios. What does that mean? Well, Bible scholars would tell us that this is symbolic. First of all, Israel here is not talking about Israel. Israel es algo simbólico, no se refiere, no se refiere a Israel. It's referring to the people that God has rescued through Jesus. It's the people of God. Es el pueblo de Dios que Dios ha rescatado en Jesús. And the number, 144,000, again, isn't a literal number. It's a symbolic number. 144,000 es un número simbólico. What does that refer to? 
It refers to a complete or perfect amount, the full number. Es el número completo. So what is this saying? This is saying when all is said and done, the whole number, the complete, perfect, full number of those who have been rescued by Jesus will be gathered to God on the throne in his kingdom. El número completo va a ser congregado ante Dios, los que han sido salvados por Jesús. That's good news. Not one person is going to be missing of those who are connected to Jesus. Ninguna persona se perderá de los que son conectados a Jesús. But then, get this, in the next verse, the verse we read, Revelation 7, 9, it says this, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne. Después de eso miré, apareció una multitud tomada de todas las naciones, tribus, pueblos y lenguas. Era tan grande que nadie podía contar. So get this, after saying that the full, exact, complete number of God's people will be gathered, here it says that that number will be a number that no one can count. Después de decir que el número completo va a estar congregado, dice que es un número que nadie puede contar. And again, as I said before, this will not just be people from Israel, the people of Israel. It says that these will be people from every nation, every tribe, every language, every people. Van a ser de cada tribu, nación, pueblo y lengua. All will be gathered together around the throne of God. In other words, it is the plan of God in the new heavens and in the new earth to have an abundant and a diverse family. Dios va a tener una familia abundante y diversa, and they will be formed to worship Him forever. Van a alabarlo. It says they'll be crying out, salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. That's Jesus, the sacrifice given up for our sin. Van a gritar salvación a Dios en el trono y al Cordero. Jesús el sacrificio. So, that's what is going on here. And so, the question becomes, how many nations are we talking about here? If we have every tribe and every, every uh, nation gathered, ¿cuántos pueblos habrá? Well, I don't know, but this much I can tell you, right now on the earth, it is estimated that there are between 10,924,000 10, different people groups on the earth. Hay entre 10,924,000 y 24,000 pueblos en la tierra. That could be even more than butterflies. There are all kinds of people groups on the earth. And there are actually on the earth right now 7,117 different spoken languages. Hay 7,117 idiomas hablados en la tierra. And that's not counting dead languages like Latin and things like that. So, I think you get the picture. By His death and by His resurrection, Jesus the Lamb 
is reconciling people to God and people to each other. And the plan of God is to have people from every ethnicity, every people group, every tribe and tongue to be a part of that amazing new family called the church. Por su muerte y resurrección, Jesús el Cordero nos reconcilia con Dios y unos con otros de toda lengua, todo pueblo, toda nación ante el trono de Dios. And here's another thing that Bible scholars know. They say it's interesting to note that in the new creation, the new heaven, the new earth, God does not do away with the differences among us. Dios no borra las diferencias en el nuevo cielo, en la nueva tierra. In other words, the differences of ethnicity and the differences of culture and the differences of language and custom that we may have on this earth, that goes with us into eternity. That is something that God will use and God will keep because God loves abundance and diversity. Dios va a mantener las diferencias de culturas y tonos de piel y todo, skin color, all of that's going to be a part of this rich, incredible, mosaic of God's abundance and diverse people worshiping Him. Va a ser parte del mosaico rico de abundancia y diversidad en el trono. In 1 Peter chapter 2, the other scripture, we read this. It says, You also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. También ustedes son como piedras vivas con las cuales se está edificando una casa espiritual. If you've embraced Jesus, we've said it throughout this series, you're a new creation. You're a new person. But this is also saying that God is making another new creation. He's taking lots of individual new creations and like living stones, he's putting us together into a brand new creation, his church, his forever family. Dios nos está edificando como piedras vivas en una nueva familia, una nueva creación que es la iglesia. The picture that comes to my mind is of the dome of the cathedral in Florence, Italy. Perhaps you've heard of this place. Pienso la cupola de, 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 de la catedral de Florencia, Italia. Now, I've never been to Florence, would love to go someday, but, but I've seen pictures and I've seen a documentary about this. This is an amazing work of art and of engineering. Es algo de ingeniería maravillosa. This dome, as I understand it, is made out of four million separate bricks that are put together and they weigh 25,000 tons. Son cuatro millones de ladrillos y pesan 25 mil toneladas. And they all are artfully put together to create this dome and it's heavy and yet it doesn't collapse. No se desploma. How? Well, the genius who engineered this, the architect who designed this knows, and he knew how to bring it all together. El arquitecto sabía cómo armarlo todo. Well, God is in the same business. God is in the process of using living stones, new creatures, new creations in Christ to build something that is more amazing, more beautiful than the uh, dome in Florence, Italy. And he, as the master engineer, the master architect, he knows what he's doing. Dios es el arquitecto que sabe armar lo que es uh, uh, su iglesia, aún más que esta catedral. 
So God's plan through Jesus then is to bring people from every nation, every tribe and tongue together. But here's the thing. That's the plan down the road in heaven. But if that's the plan, si el plan es de, de Dios es de armar esto así, if that's the plan, we need to start learning how to serve and worship God together now. Tenemos que aprender a servir y adorar a Dios ahora. And that's really why I believe God wants to bring us together from all different groups and all different peoples and cultures and all skin tones and all languages. He wants us to, to be together in the church. Dios quiere congregarnos de varias culturas y pueblos en la iglesia. The gospel, the message of good news in Jesus, I believe that it addresses every single culture with its needs. El Evangelio se dirige a cada cultura. Every culture has sin in it because all people have sinned and cultures are made up of people. Cada cultura tiene sus pecados. We talked about racism last week. Racism is not just an individual sin. It is something that can also be a cultural sin. It can exist within a people group. El, el racismo no solo es individual, sino existe a nivel de la cultura. Prejudice is the same way. Hatred and animosity towards other people who are different, regardless of whether they have power or we have power, that's a, a, not only an individual sin, but a cultural sin. El prejuicio es una, un pecado cultural como individual. Idolatry. We see this in the Old Testament. Idolatry is not just one person's sin. It can exist on the level of a culture. And our culture has all kinds of idols. La idolatría es algo que existe también a nivel cultural. So no culture is perfect. Every culture, every people group needs the good news of Jesus and needs to be confronted with sin. But here's the other side of this. Aquí el otro lado. Because of what Jesus has done, there is something, I believe, of every culture that can be redeemed. That is, there is something in every culture that Jesus can take and transform and use for his kingdom. Jesús puede redimir usar algo de cada cultura para su reino. We said it at the beginning of this series. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, We are ambassadors of Christ as though God were making his appeal through us. Somos embajadores de Cristo, dice 2 Corinthians. That is, we are all new creatures and we're called to go and invite other people to become new creations in Christ. Debemos invitar a otros a hacerse nuevas creaciones en Cristo. And so, together, we have that mission. Actually, we are ambassadors with a mission, and our mission is found in Matthew 28, 19, where Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations. Jesús dice, vayan y hagan discípulos de todas las naciones. We, as this new project called the church, we're called to go and be ambassadors to all the nations. But here's the problem. I can't reach all the nations by myself. Yo no puedo alcanzar las naciones. I am an ambassador. You are an ambassador. But we cannot reach everyone. The ambassador to Japan is a specialist. The ambassador to Japan knows how to speak Japanese, understands the Japanese culture and can connect with the Japanese people. Embajadora Japón sabe conectarse con los japoneses, hablar su idioma, su cultura, etc. 
But the ambassador to Japan would probably be a poor ambassador to Sweden, for example. Wouldn't know the language, maybe not the customs. Ese embajador no podría ser embajador a Suecia. But the ambassador to Sweden would probably be a poor ambassador to Kenya, for example. El Suecia no podría ser buen embajador a Kenya. We all are ambassadors, but what that means is that God wants to use each one of us, and we each have a unique ability to connect with certain people and to invite them to become followers of Jesus Christ. So there may be people that you can be an ambassador to that other people can be. On the other side, there may be other people that can be ambassadors to people that we can never reach. Hay los que pueden ser embajadores de Cristo, los que no podemos alcanzar nosotros. But together, together we are ambassadors and, and we can be a part of God's plan. And so I think what I'm getting at here is that God's word is challenging us to open our eyes. Tenemos que abrirnos los ojos to see the abundance and the diversity of what God has done and to celebrate that because the gospel reconciles us with God and with each other. It is a privilege to celebrate the differences that exist within the body of Christ. Como que el evangelio nos reconcilia con Dios y otros. Podemos celebrar. Es un privilegio celebrar la diversidad en el cuerpo de Part of what that means is that I believe we need to, to become aware that we as followers of Jesus are part of a worldwide movement. We are part of a worldwide family that is way more diverse than we could ever understand. And we get to know our family. Podemos conocer a nuestra familia, a nuestra familia a nivel mundial. That's been part of my experience over uh, the years. In the 22 years I've been at Sunrise, I feel like I have gained a better understanding of other cultures, of other people, of their experience and their need for Jesus. And esta iglesia ha aprendido más I realize it was 40 years ago this fall that I began learning the Spanish language. And for the last 40 years I've been learning this language. But what that has done for me is it has opened up a door there are 640 million people in the world that I can speak to about Jesus because God is an individual I've been kind of crazy off to the side as a little hobby. I'm trying to, to, to improve and become fluent in French. I've been working at that since college. Why? Ah, it's crazy, right? No. There are 240 million people in the world that I could potentially be an ambassador to by speaking their language. And so God has led me in different ways to, to appreciate the diversity and the abundance of the body of Christ. Here's another way. Church history gives us an opportunity to open up our eyes. Podemos abrir los ojos en la historia de la iglesia. You see, God has not just worked through church history in Europe over the centuries. We might think that that's where everything happened. La historia de la iglesia no se centra solo en Europa. Did you know 
that some of the key contributions to the history of God's people have come out of other places. They've come out of Africa, for example. Hay contribuciones de los de África. Augustine and Athanasius were two church leaders in the early centuries of the church who described and who defended some of the key doctrines of our faith, doctrines about the Trinity and doctrines about sin and grace. Agustin y Antanasio eran de África y defendían doctrinas clave de la fe como la Trinidad y la salvación. And these men were from Africa. They were from, they were Africans. In fact, Athanasius was very tenacious. He had, a, he had enemies and the enemies called him the Black Dwarf. Los enemigos de Atanasio lo llamaban el chaparrito negro. Why? Well, he was short, okay? He was also African. His skin was dark. Uh, tenía uh, el aspecto uh, moreno y también era de África, era chaparrito. So, we have benefited from the contributions of Christians from all different times and places. And when we start to learn about that, we realize, wow, God has given us a blessing. I'm gonna, at this moment, invite our Sunrise elders to share. Los ancianos de la iglesia van a compartir. We have an elder team this year that is incredibly diverse. And it has been such a blessing to work with these leaders. I've asked them to share a bit about what they have gained and what they celebrate about God's church as they work together. Van a compartir lo que ellos han aprendido y lo que celebran al trabajar juntos en la Have a Hola Sunrise, hey Sunrise. So the question is, what have we gained um, from Christians different than you? Different than you? ¿Qué hemos ganado uh, con cristianos diferente de mí? And uh, one of the things specifically um, with Sunrise that I see is us just being able to worship the Lord um, differently, being that we come from different backgrounds and different nationalities. Um, some of us, we very we like to express our worship to the Lord and, you know, the clapping of the hands and the toe tapping and the swaying from side to side, you know, it's all just an expression of praise to our God. Um, and others, we just stand still and we worship. Lo diferente es alabando al Señor. Unos nosotros le gustamos a, a posmover mucho y, y cuando estamos alabando al Señor, esos son los diferentes cosas que yo miro. I gotta say, one of the main things that I have picked up on recently is, um, is in discussions with one of our fellow elders, Juan Barrios, and how in the Hispanic culture, as the doors are opened at the church and as things are going on, the the consistent attendance and the consistent um, uh, follow through with many in the Hispanic culture that sometimes is not is not how I grew up and not um, not how our you know attendance and and uh, should be. I, I'm just gaining. I'm so inspired by that. And one of the main things to talk about is the the Spanish group that meets every Sunday after church and just to see their their faithfulness to that group and to see that group grow and to see the fruits that are coming out of that um, and you know not even realizing that this was a, a cultural thing but in talking with Juan kind of getting that insight into it that is something that to me um, I have gained so much uh, through 
through our discussions and with Sunrise. Through my Latin relationships in Sunrise, I have gained, if not deeply, profited from my exposure. Uh, that's highlighted in a relationship or relationships that I have with the evangelistas and the mortars, as well as two young men who no longer attend our church. One significantly impacted me uh, because he told me his story about coming to the United States less than one year old because uh, his mother left Mexico looking for better opportunity. At that time, I had a very dogmatic, if not pharisaic, viewpoint about immigration. I held, to, I held fast that the, uh, the law was a law and it should not uh, bend or change no matter the circumstance. But through that relationship and through those other relationships that I still maintain, I have now come to see that um, the book of Romans chapter 3 has come to life for me when Paul uh, talks about uh, how the letter can kill, but the Spirit gives life. God has entrusted to us a ministry where our epistles are written through our lives and not necessarily the letter of the law. So I have deeply benefited from that relationship and continue to. When I was being raised in the church, every Sunday we had to wear a shirt, a tie, a coat, and pants. Um, and that was a normal service. That was a regular service every Sunday. Um, so throughout most of my life, including our sons, we wanted them to dress the same as best as we could, as most properly that they could. And then we started noticing that they didn't want to dress like that because of the different culture. And now that we started coming to uh, Sunrise, you know, it, I noticed that it was different. And my question would come up in my mind, it's Sunday. I come there and wear a shirt and a tie and a coat. Uh, we're gonna and as I spend time with you guys, I have realized it's that it's a different culture, but what's the same is the inside, and that is the difference that God makes in our lives, in our mind, our soul and heart, and that is his love. So it is a blessing for me to be in a different culture, because I don't have to wear a tie anymore. Uh, so it is something that I have gained from Christians who are different from me. And that is that I don't have, because now my sons also, I see them coming to church. Our granddaughters are coming to church, and they don't have to worry too much about dressing up. They can come with an open mind, open heart, to receive from God. So it is a blessing. Thank you. Uh, the other question is, um, what are some of the differences in the church that you celebrate? Que son cosas diferentes en la iglesia que hacemos, que celebrar? Um, and one of the things that I know that is true to my heart is the food. Uh, when we come together um, for fellowship, uh, whether it be a bake sale or, um, or, or just 
just a, a brunch or whatever the case may be, our church comes together and we have Dutch uh, recipes, Dutch plates, and and uh, Mexican food, and um, just the, just the different type of recipes that that we have here at our church, and we celebrate. We come together to fellowship um, and build relationships that are grounded in the Lord. Um, las cosas que celebramos eh, son los los platos. Uh, cuando, cuando los pusemos juntos en una familia de la iglesia aquí, uh, son diferentes platos que, que traen y los juntamos y, y con, comemos y alabamos a, al Señor. So. Some of the differences in the church that I celebrate, um, this is nothing too deep or anything, but I have had the best time when we get invited by uh, fellow Christians from the church to go over and whether it be a birthday party or whether it be a celebration of a baptism or whether it just be for Sunday uh, Sunday lunch after church just to go over to their houses enjoy the food and the fellowship and how it's different than how we do it and it's just great I'd say had some of the best food um, and, and had some of the best times going over and really getting to share that time uh, that they you know I get to experience something different they get to share what you know what they do and how they how they celebrate with us and that's just been a uh, that's why I mean simple but one of the great uh, things that I've gained from other Christians at church now some of the differences in the church that I really celebrate uh, kind of run parallel to that uh, but what I really celebrate is is that we maintain diversity in our church without a false assimilation and what I simply mean by that is uh, we create one culture in Christ uh, through our authentic relationships without feeling that we have to become something that we're not. We still maintain our cultures. Uh, we still speak to love through our expression and our uniqueness, but yet we are one in Christ because of our love. Thanks.